Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke from That Film Stew. My co-host today is Jay. Hello. Today's topic, Watchmen, the new dramatic series from HBO. This is your warning, we will be talking spoilers. And will we? Oof. Have you read the graphic novel? That's the big one, isn't it? Have you read the original comics? Yes, I uh, I have read it. I read it back in the day before I went and saw the Zack Snyder film of said graphic novel. I sat and I punched out over a single night, which I think ended up taking me like two and a half hours to get through. It's a dense read. Loved it. But I had that feeling after I finished of like, oh, wow, that's that was a lot. Um, but phenomenal. There's a reason why it is talked about the way it is. Um, very dense. A bit like the show, which, you know, if you're going to do any adaptation or follow-up from these sorts of characters, you're going to have to go in-depth. Last year, we did a review of the Zack Snyder movie and i revealed on that podcast i'd not actually read the graphic novel and i was going to make an effort to read it before watching the tv series and of course talk about the tv series here today unfortunately that still hasn't happened so my knowledge of watchmen it's the before watchmen comic books yep it is what else is there doomsday clock the yep. jeff johns maxi series Zack Snyder movie and this TV series. Yeah, in which thankfully this show does a fairly good job of getting across the important parts of the graphic novel um, that are necessary to make this like understand. And if you've watched the Zack Snyder film, that fills fills in the other bits and pieces you need of I like feel, Silk I, Spectre and yeah. the comedian and all the other Minutemen. I feel like I know enough, but interestingly. Like my wife isn't into comic book adaptions, comic books. It's not her thing. Like if it's like a movie like Joker, you know, she watched and really enjoyed. And I thought, well, maybe she'd be interested in the Watchmen TV series. So she doesn't know about the giant alien squid, <laughs> you know, or none of that because she had seen the Zack Snyder movie, remembered nothing about it, yet she absolutely loved this TV series. And she had no prior knowledge, but she was able to, like you're saying there, she was able to take enough from what was presented in the show to run with it. And she thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, there was a period, you know, I'm a big comic book guy and I've still only seen the first episode of Dracula, you know, the Netflix yeah. series. And there was a moment where I'm like, oh, let's watch the new Netflix series. And my wife's like, no, let's watch the new DC series. Like, what is going on? <laughs> like, it's normally reversed, but... This show was so successful that it just reached such a broad audience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they so this TV series, the uh, the original graphic novel, takes place during nineteen eighty five, nineteen eighty six, um, when the the midnight the atomic clock is going to strike midnight you know it's five minutes to midnight and as tensions increase it moves increasingly which was an actual idea of basically defcon which they used in the 80s to say how tense the cold war was uh this tv series is set 34 years later 2019 but in their continuity of course with the 
events having taken place as they had from there, um, which was smart. If you had tried to do a direct follow-up to The Watchmen, or if you had tried to do a prequel like they did in the comics, I don't think this show would have worked for two reasons. One, anytime you try to explain anything extra for a series that's already like of a, of a single piece and has no plot holes, all you're doing is either is creating false problems to solve, the, which, which robs away from the original, or you're going over ground that we already know how it ends, like any prequel kind of has that same problem. But by doing a sequel, it's all fresh, it's all new, and you're just building on what was already there. Damon Lindelof, who served as executive producer and writer, likened the series to a remix of the original comic series. So it's even then he's not saying... It is technically a sequel, but he's changing things up slightly, so it's not just more of the same. Like, you are getting a spin on what's come previously. I mean, Watchmen, the original graphic novel, or what was like a 12-part comic series, yep. came out in 1987, created by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. Alan Moore famously wants nothing to do with any adaptions of his comics. Yeah. Has even signed over the rights of Watchmen to the artist Dave Gibbons because he, that's how much he doesn't want to have anything to do with any of this. And more insult to injury, I'm saying I've not read the graphic novel. And like I said last time on the movie review, I've met Dave Gibbons and I have a signed copy of Watchmen. <laughs> I, I, I will get to it. One of these days, I will get to it. So this series, and it's 34 years after the events of the comics, but as you've said already, it does take place in the same alternate reality. We get some new characters, but then like when you find out that Silk Spectre is a character in this show, you're like, wow, I had no idea what was going to happen. I knew about Jeremy Irons as Ozymandias, yep. but I didn't realise we were going to get more characters than that. The series focuses on events surrounding racist violence in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 2019. A white supremacist group called the 7th Cavalry has taken up arms against the Tulsa Police Department because of perceived racial injustices, causing the police to conceal their identities with masks to prevent the 7th Cavalry from targeting them in their homes following the White Knight. Visually, I love that we got it from the trailers, we get it in the show itself, that because this is an alternative reality, and I think they do just enough to show you this is different. Yeah. It's not massively different, to be honest, but the differences that they do have are really noticeable. The main character we have in this is Angela Abar, played by Regina King, and wow, she is phenomenal in this. She plays a detective known as Sister Knight, She's investigating the murder of her friend and superior Judd Crawford, played by John Johnson, and discovers secrets regarding the situations around vigilantes. That, that's the show. There's so much more going on. And that, that's the basis of the show. And you know what? As a kid, I used to see Miami Vice. It was fun for what it was. You know, Don Johnson doing his thing. But I'll tell you, like, in recent years... I'm really liking what he's doing, whether it's Watchmen, Knives Out. Yeah, he, he uh, he's embracing kind of the silly corniness of his previous work and adding new textures and layers and it, kind of leaning into the joke. And it's working for him. Uh, even when he goes... Because he still has the acting range to go serious, 
which you get there in like interpersonal relationships. But because of that, I don't know, easygoing attitude, it makes him so likable right off the bat. And then, like you said, for the opening episode of this, he gets killed. And you're like, what? Yeah, didn't see that coming nah. at all. Where's, I'm like, Wait no, I like him. Don't don't take away Don Johnson. But we then find out like his character is a presence throughout the whole the whole season. But I mentioned new character Sister Night. Like you know we've got certain characters coming back. You know Doctor Midnight comes back, but Sister Night, without reading the graphic novel, she feels like she could have been an original character from that first run. Yeah, uh, and all of the characters they create for this show, they do a really smart job for. Now, for the most part, any costume character is actually a cop. It is the fake identity that they serve the police under. So Detective Age Angela Abar is Sister Knight. You also have uh, Looking Glass, who's also a detective. Who's Fantastic played... name and visually brilliant. Yeah, whose name I am... Tim Blake Nelson. Thank you. There he is. Yeah, but... he's, he's really, really good in this. And... For someone who's generally known for doing comedic work, man, is he phenomenal in this. You in, buy him straight away as a yeah, dramatic actor. Yeah. Absolutely. Because um, one thing, he's he's older. He's he's using he's using a southern drawl for like it's set in Tulsa, uh, Oklahoma. He's really thin, like almost off-puttingly so, like, and he's. The, the the fact that his mask is like tinfoil basically and that they lean in back into that a little bit of like the tinfoil hat like but you get that flashback episode and you find out how he was directly impacted in the what the psychic blast yeah with the squid and then yeah then he's like he's just got he's lived a life of paranoia yeah and that that when you finally get that like late in the run, which is like episode six or so, like, ah, oh, now I understand why he's so off. It's because he was so damaged so early that and which is a theme they run with for the whole show is, uh, people who wear masks are concealing a tra- a, a long held trauma. Um, whether you're Silk Spectre, Sister Knight. Looking Glass, or anyone else. I mean, even Dr. Manhattan, really. Uh, but, yeah, it's really, really well handled, and, like, everything that Tim Blake Nelson did on this show was, like, pitch perfect. Really interesting that... So we've got Laurie Blake, the original... or not the original, the second Silk Spectre, but she takes her dad's surname, the comedian. Yeah. Even knowing what he did to her mother. Yeah, but also... Uh, at the end of the graphic novel, she has to go in hiding with her boyfriend at the time, Night Owl. She used to be originally dating Dr. Manhattan, but they had to go on. So she had to take on a new identity, which is why she changed the surname. That was Oh, right. So even at the, the end of the graphic novel? Yeah. Okay, cool. I thought they'd just done that for the show because, again, not read it yet. Yeah. And Jean Smart is playing Laurie Blake. And, wow, she's great. She's yeah. really... Really good in this. The cast across the board is fantastic. I mean, Lewis Gossett Jr., really good as old man Will Reeves. We find out he's the grandfather of Angela Abar. Yeah. And 
ah, oh, the the story is so rich and deep across these episodes. And it was was it like nine or ten episodes? It was quite a limited run, wasn't it? Yeah, it was only nine episodes. Uh, and I think it's the very first episode. Yeah, where uh, it starts in Tulsa in 1921. This is something that actually happened. It was a race riot where white supremacists killed a town of affluent black business people. This was actual legitimate American history, and I'd never heard anything of it before I watched the show. The same, yeah. So I did, yep. So saw it in the show and then looked into it. It's like, oh wow, no, this is, yeah, this is a real thing, and it's I guess that's what history sometimes does. It just likes to rewrite itself or just leave out certain things because yeah I'd, I'd not heard about this maybe if you're an american this is something you would hear about in school but in the uk and australia it obviously wasn't really talked about yeah uh and uh will reeves was there he's a young child who who is like maybe one of two survivors that make it out of this horrible event much like as you were telling me earlier it feels like superman it's the, I got that completely. It was Kal-El's rocket ship getting blasted from Krypton to Earth, and that was them escaping the burning town. And the music is absolutely incredible in this. It is so different to most other TV shows. Uh, the music was composed by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross from Nine Inch Nails. They did the soundtrack or the score for the social network, so they have been doing some film scores previously, but the track, or the name of the track, for them escaping Tulsa, it's Orphans of Krypton. Yeah. So it wasn't just me reading too much into it, because I mentioned it to my wife, she's like, what are you even talking about? But there it is, the track listing on the on the score. Yeah, and then come uh, episode seven. Uh, no, it's episode six. You get the history of uh, Will Reeves. You find out he was originally Hooded Justice, and he got the idea from Action Comics number one. There we go, inspired by Superman. That was an interesting episode because that's where Angela she'd she'd injected or she'd taken that ta- was it the tablet? Yeah, she'd yeah. Taken it nostalgia, and it nostalgia, and it was the memories of a grandfather. Yeah, and you're not supposed to take somebody else's memories but it was a really interesting way to show us the audience as well as angela what actually happened yeah and it is a life of trauma um you know not only did he survive the massacre of his entire community gets to la uh new york becomes a cop because he's inspired by um movie silent movies he watched as a kid uh then faces extreme racism by the other white cops who are all basically KKK members, then starts where they string him up, which is where he gets the inspiration for to be Hood of Justice, only to then like decide, I'm going to become a, a vigilante and take on these scumbags, signs up with other superheroes who are all white, who refuse to flat out help him take out these racist guys, even though it's something really serious, and then he just is like it's one thing after another after another of his life. You're like, man, how's this guy not just completely broken? And well, then, it's not far off. No, <laughs> it's no. not far off. Yeah, and then you see 
Angela's own personal history, and you're like, oh, yeah, she had it just almost as rough, if not equally so. Like, yeah, I mean, this series is just full of trauma. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a heavy watch. Yeah. But so, so well-crafted. Yeah. I knocked about... this out. Sorry to interrupt. I knocked this out in two days. Oh, wow. It was yeah. a lot I... to take in over two days. It, it took me a few more weeks than that. But I, I, I still, I watched it a short period of time, just not as not as short as that. You talk about the Hood of Justice costume. Like the other, I'll say costumes that you get in this, because as you mentioned, like for the most part, like uniform police, they're dressed as cops that you'd see today, only they've got the yellow masks. But when you're looking at detectives on the police force, they've got a bit more creative with their costumes. And for the most part, you can you can go with it. You've got um, Red Scare, played by Andrew Howard, uh, various other cops. Yeah. But then you've got Panda. Yeah. A guy just wearing a Panda mask. Yeah, that's it. Still wearing a shirt and tie. Like, just he's... A... Yeah. Just completely mental pirate queen who looks kind of like ah oh, like kind of like a gypsy to be honest yeah, like, that's, a, that's a pretty you know you can see i should put that together but just the panda head yeah yeah whenever you'd see that character and, yeah you know he didn't have too many lines so whenever you'd see him in shot you're like oh, that's a bit yeah only bit sister knight looks like an actually smartly constructed costume you know i saw like before the show aired dave gibbons did an illustration of sister knight yeah because the costume was just great, and it really lent itself to a comic-style drawing. Yeah. Um, well, well, speaking of costume, it comes up out of left field. You never get a name or anything. Uh, he just pops up on an episode. She chases him down. Some guy dressed completely in silver <laughs> the, the loops loop, himself up yes. and then slides into a storm drain, never to be seen from again. Creepy as hell. <laughs> I, it reminded me a little, just uh, drains and going where you shouldn't. It reminded me a little bit of um, tombs in X-Files with yeah. the long fingers in the yeah. vents. There's just something really off and yeah. creepy about that character. And her response is just the whole time like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like a cop. That was my up. response. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as I'm watching it. Just completely mental and it uh, it's a strange money of a strange moment of odd uh oddness and quirkiness and kind of humor really that helps break up the tension of this show because it is it is very heavy for the most part with jeremy irons as adrian veit of course ozymandias you're like what is actually happening who are these two servants he's got a male a female they keep dying yeah he gets more he goes to the bottom of the lake and he's fishing out one of the eggs and he yeah, yeah, like them. yeah, because I picked up fairly quickly that there were clones or of some kind of description, because uh, it's Mister Phillips played by Tom Meisen and Ms. Crookshanks played by Sarah Vickers, uh, and they are playing multiple different versions of themselves as servants to Adrian Wright, Jeremy Irons, and they're all it. His is just kooky. Every, oh, everything all of his about, stuff on. Everything, whenever you go to Adrian, it's just off. It's yeah. just, everything's odd. Yeah, and you're like, what? what is happening? Where is he? Like, he's clearly somewhere that's picturesque, and he seems to be living in, like, a utopia that you would think someone would choose to go to, but well, he, he wants you, out. You find out that he did choose to go yeah. there, and you could say he was tricked yeah. by Dr. Manhattan. So they, they tease Dr. Manhattan throughout the whole show, and that's when it's like, oh, wow. Like this, it, For me, it made it like, this really does feel like Watchmen because he's such a big part of that series. Yeah. 
and you know he's, he's the bright blue guy yeah but then you find out that we'd been spending time with dr manhattan every single episode but we just didn't quite realize that dr manhattan and calvin abar who of course is the husband of angela was dr manhattan the whole time and i want to have a go at the actor's name or maybe you will have a go yeah yeah abdul mateen the second yeah that's him black manta in yeah. aquaman yeah hard and, name to say yeah and he is phenomenal oh no he really is great yeah so he's playing you know dr manhattan we do get to see him blue but then to so the alter ego john osterman yeah I, I wow i did not predict that's who he was yeah and i don't think you're supposed to no i it's not until basically right before the reveal at the end of episode eight that i'm like they they make comment of dr manhattan is living as a regular person here on earth right here in this town and as soon as i said that i'm like ah oh, that's the husband but the way they did it as well like the way that episode eight ended where she pushes a hand like into his forehead you're like oh and then reveals the blue glow and yeah yeah and like, then she it's... uses his name john we have tr we're in trouble because for the most part like, outside of dr manhattan you're not really seeing superpowers no in, and in this world it's a lot of like batman level vigilantes yeah it's it's just even not even really batman level because they most of them don't even have gadgets it's just straight... batman, okay batman's a high bar but yeah. it's sort of like it's street yeah. level vigilantes let's I mean, go yeah there. i mean you do get one you get like what's his name shadow uh he, he gets arrested by Laurie that's Blake. That's right. And he, he very, that's the bank robbery, yeah. isn't it? And he very much turns up like a Batman-type character. Yeah. Um, and that's it. He's like the one guy with gadgets. Because, you know, I did, in the original graphic novel, it was Night Owl, who you never see in this. They do reference him early. When... Well, you see a ship in the first episode, which was really cool. Yeah. Uh, the, the Owl ship, also known as Archie. Or Arch, uh, uh, Archimedes, or the Owl of Merlin, the Magician. All oh, right, there we go. Did not know that. Yeah, um, but it's not actually his. It is the design that police forces are using, because as a covert uh, observation and like basically like a police helicopter, it is perfect. It is exactly what it was designed for. And one of the things they have in this universe: clean energy. Every, all the cars are electric. They're not using anything that produces uh, carbon dioxide, except for, like, the Cessna early in the first episode. Like, they, the bad guys trying to fly off in a plane. I think that one is still, like, fuel. So there's some areas where they're doing things better than we are. But what we don't have... Squids raining from the sky. No, interdimensional squids. Yeah, but then you find out. Do you find out in this series what's really causing them or was that part of the graphic novel as well that was part of the graphic novel right so even there wow okay so i'm finding out things about watchmen in this series that you knew from the graphic novel yeah. that ozymandias was always behind it yeah because the idea was if nothing happened no intervention uh and mankind was left to its own devices there was going to be nuclear war without doubt that's the way it's constructed in the the graphic novel so ozymandias comes up with the you can say brilliant. You can also say mental idea that 
what if we introduce a second element that is not any one country an extra dimensional alien threat so a threat that people can be united against yeah which is a giant telepathic psychic squid which killed a lot of people yeah like he, you no, know, they, was... you know he drops it on new york and it is responsible for the immediate death of three million people and then the psychic scarring of countless more in the graphic novel he doesn't drop one squid he drops one squid on like major cities throughout the world because the world had to be attacked yeah and they they did this in the movie as well uh except they didn't drop the squid they they replicated dr manhattan's powers like he personally had attacked all of these different nations so that was a big change for the movie wasn't it yeah uh because i don't think the studio believed the whole giant alien squid thing which was a genetically it's not actually an alien squid and it's not extra dimensional it was a genetically created thing which in the comic and you see in the movie he has this weird tiger lynx cat thing because he's been playing around with genetic engineering you know at the time when the movie came out and they explained that okay so for the third act we're going to replace the giant squid and then watching the movie okay i think it wouldn't have quite have worked but then when you see how they do it in this show i think it would have worked yeah i think it absolutely would have worked because you know the reason why we have the squid reigns continually from then on is you know you can't just do a single attack because after enough time people just forget about it so he has to do these small little harmless squid rains to keep it in people's minds of like oh yeah like don't start attacking each other again we still have this extra dimensional alien threat we've got to worry about but it was secret the only people who knew were the minutemen who were directly involved on stopping adrian from pulling it off that's it until this show where you find out that he gets <laughs> president robert redford the actor signed in as president and lets him know on a thing with the idea of i will give you like i have gotten you into the presidency here are my instructions to ensure the safety and uh the betterment of humankind going forward and then robert redford's they uh which you get out of this show is basically like no 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 i'm just gonna run the country as i see fit fuck you you know when they first said president redford i was like hang on and then you hate to establish yeah they're actually talking about actor robert redford yeah which, they're actually talking about actor robert redford which i thought was a a good reveal for the series yeah uh which you never know, see him though no you never see him uh he must have given permission surely he must have um, although with not seeing him or using his likeness at all, I mean, maybe they could get away with Robert Redford can't be that like uncommon a name. But it's clearly meant to be him. <laughs> so I think yeah. everybody knows. They make reference to the fact actor now president Robert Redford. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we also have Lady True, by uh, played by Hong Chao, who is building some weird mechanism throughout the whole show. But her, when she's first revealed and she goes to that family, she's buying the farm and they want to have a baby in the car and then she gives them a baby. This is now yours. I'm taking your land. And there's so many things going on with that character. Then when you get the reveal, her daughter is really her mother. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> I just, I love the reveals. Like it was, and you know, sometimes you can kind of see things coming, but not for the most part you can't. And it's always a nice reveal. 
Yeah, and they don't, they feel right. They don't feel like they've been plucked out of left field. They, you know, they, they're well constructed. All the little bits and pieces were put into place before the reveal that when it's, you get it, you're like, oh, oh, now I see it. Yeah, that makes total sense. Remember the other Damon Lindelof show, Lost? And famously, they revealed that they're kind of taking it season by season. They don't really know where they're going. Yeah. That's not the case here. Like, no. They've got it mapped out so clearly. They know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Mapped out so clearly, in fact, that there isn't going to be a season two. This is a one and done limited series for the fact that Lim- Lindelof himself has said, I had an idea. It was for this one season. I've executed that idea. And now I'm done. He said he would only do a second season if he can answer two crucial questions. Why and why now? Yeah. You know, interestingly, like up until recently, this was listed on IMDb as Watchmen season one. Now they've changed it to miniseries. Yeah. Uh, I think they've done that in anticipation for the awards season because it doesn't come as best new series or ongoing series. It fits into the limited series category. I think you're right. That, that would be why they've changed it. But still, it's pretty uncommon that a show of this scale, so well-received, critically, audiences, that they would then retroactively change the classification from an ongoing season to a miniseries. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but... Like he's himself said, like, if you can't, if you have no new idea, there's no reason to continue with the show at, from season two without a, a complete idea. All you will do is take away from season one. And there's so much that you can praise this show for and it being an original idea or a new idea is up there. They clearly had an idea. And I said earlier, you know, they, they refer to it more of a remix than a direct sequel. But they've got something new to say. Like they had, they had a really good approach. New characters that again feel just as real as characters from that original eighty-seven comic run. Yeah, and it's important with this show. Its its main theme seems to be not not just race relations and. Um, personal liberties and freedoms of that kind, but responsibility. It's the responsibility of this tragedy happened and we need to address it, which is why you end up with the racial tension you do when the show starts because they've made the reparations to the victims of the Tulsa massacre and they've given back the land that was taken and they've paid out the money due kind of like what they do with uh, direct descendants of President Jefferson, because of his uh, proclivities for his uh, his workers the, of the female variety, um, but also you know when it comes to the personal freedoms of police officers, the right to protect their family by hiding their identity is that right? Does that make them more vicious? Although you know they counter that by they can't pull their guns; they need authorization. Yes. Which is a very smart, interesting uh, dynamic they introduce. And we, well, that was the first episode, wasn't it? Yeah. And the guy, the cop, is trying to get his gun free and he's not getting the authority. Yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, like, could these act, these work? It's, an, it's a really intelligent exercise 
and you know by the end it's it doesn't talk down to you of what the resolution of these problems are it just presents them and like how far do we let this go really and the fact that it all takes place alternative history or well this series is contemporary isn't it so like it's present day so it's showing you our world through a different lens yeah again like i said earlier it's different but not too different yeah i mean one of the things they're watching is the documentary series uh of the minutemen and masked heroes from back in the day which is almost a satire piss take of what Zack snyder did on the film yeah that's true uh and you know their version of hooded justice which you see over the course of it is it's you're overly sexualized it's everything's angry and over and like melodramatic and ultra violent and hooded justice is a white guy and we of course find out why that is is because even though hooded justice in this series was african-american he paints around his eyes to look like a caucasian so people don't mistake him or, or, or correctly identify his race because they'd react to him scared as an African-American who's wearing a mask rather than a white guy wearing a mask. Which just speaks volumes, doesn't it? It does, yeah. The fact they had to go to those lengths of masking his race for a white person to be willing to have them be saved by him. Yeah, just absolutely crazy. Um, and... You know, still relevant in 2020, ironically. Oh, I think it's going to be relevant for a long time, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, this show definitely packs a punch. It just adds so much more to the original story. And by that, I mean the Zack Snyder movie. Yeah. My only other exposure <laughs> to Watchmen. I will go back and read that trade. Yeah, it's it's an interesting watch, isn't it? And it's it was almost like appointment television. It's that like quick next one, next one. You mentioned what, two days, just smashed it out. Yeah. It was just right now I need to see the next one, see what's happening next. Yeah. And critically, it does uh, wrap up neatly. They don't leave anything hanging. Oh, they they leave a kind of spinning top ending at the very last scene. But again, that one you can... If, uh, by that stage, all the other questions are answered. Everything else is wrapped up neat and tidy. It's a tight show. So I can see... Lindelof being very proud of this season and coming from a place of saying, I've done it. It's been received very well and that's enough. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's since said he would like to tackle like either a Star Wars series. Or Marvel. He's yeah. mentioned Marvel. And I'm like, you know, what? after watching this, please give him something. If he can, if he has an idea already that he's already sorted out and wants to execute i don't see any reason why you wouldn't once you know uh, or maybe warner brothers could potentially look at trying to keep him in the family like this is a dc show maybe he can do something for the big screen yeah i mean they definitely need directors and um uh, writers for their live action big screen stuff and there's plenty of untouched characters on the dc pantheon so many see if you're gonna rate this season or this mini series <sighs> Out of five. I'm going to go with a four for this one. Um, I could probably go four and a half, but I'm going to stick with four for now. It is it is a dense watch. It is not something that I recommend you punch out as quickly as I did. It, it, you know, HBO, when they make prestige television in this format, they wisely drop it once a week because 
you know, whether it's this, whether it's Westworld, whether it was Game of Thrones when that was running, because it allows you to take something this dense and this serious and deconstruct it and really live with it for a week before you get your next dose. Um, I mean, I don't think you need, I think one a night should be enough to get through this, but it is the sort of thing that after you've watched an episode, you're going to want to go take down and, and really think about, but really brilliantly done. The performances are phenomenal. One of the other things that we never mentioned is the, the really, really clever transitions from scene to scene, the way they present the title of the episode oh, organically. Yes. Yeah, it's so love the titles. like you would get, or I'd imagine, on a comic book page. It is brilliant. And every time they did one, I was like, oh, <laughs> wow, that's clever. Um, also, soundtrack choices. It's like they stole my playlist. <laughs> yeah, the music really is fantastic. I mean, the score, they put it out as a three-piece set. But then, yeah, the music itself, like that yeah. full soundtrack, brilliant. Yeah, like the the episode five when you get the backstory for Looking Glass and then the fact that he was there in New Jersey in 86 when the giant squid drops, they use Careless Whisper and then it it comes through clear initially, but then afterwards, after this, like the speakers are broken, comes kind of through slow and wonky. And then they have a, a new version performed in a sad way to end out the episode that really bookends that episode. Just really smartly, really well done. Like, this show is phenomenal. I mean, you've said it all. I mean, it's re- it really is smart, entertaining television. Yeah. Like, it, it is really... It's enjoyable to watch, but as you say, it's also very confronting, and sometimes some of the subject matter is quite confronting. It can be a difficult watch at times. I think the most episodes I did back-to-back was two. I could manage a solid two hours, but yeah, I think I need a bit more space than two days between episodes when I'm doing the full season. Yeah, I had a lot of... Yeah, I liked a lot about this. It was a lot of fun. Um, I feel like I'm still very new to Watchmen with having limited exposure. Uh, But this series, I mentioned my wife, for her, it stood up on its own. She needed nothing else. And it just, it gives you so much. It's so layered. Uh, Like you, I'm going to come in at a four out of five. Yeah. It Uh, It is a high, high recommend. Yeah, the in terms of the special effects and the technical achievements, the one thing I actually watched was uh, Corridor Crew VFX artists react on how they did Looking Glass's reflective ah, yep. mask. That was so well done. Even they were like blown away by it because they actually did have a fabric mask over the actor for the references of the folds and everything. But they also had real light uh, reading of the light in the room and the reflective material. They even had uh, a tinfoil ball to get the proper reflections, including the murkiness. And they used a 360-degree camera, which was move-matched for the actor oh, in the wow. space. <laughs> so they could project the the images onto the mask to That's get the incredible. reflections. That's incredible. It looks like they've just got a foil mask. I think the fact that it looks so easy to do is just speaking to the technical achievement. Exactly. <laughs> like the fact that it, it looks like all they've done is like the characters doing the show is just put a foil mask on. Yeah. But with everything you're saying there, wow, incredible. Yeah. Phenomenal. So smart. And it it's those little attention to detail that really like make the show effortless. I reckon that mask was probably harder to pull off than... A blue man. Yeah. <laughs> Just making a blue man. Yeah. And you think that's where all the FX expertise would go. Yeah, absolutely. Incredible. 
Well, that's it for our episode all about Watchmen. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics. Jay, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. As always, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.